One, two, one, two, we are live, Fit and Shit Podcast. I'm here with Mike Skiba yet again, and we're here to talk some shit today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, got a lot of good questions on Instagram, so we're going to get this thing going right about now. So, first things first, Mike, how you doing? Doing all right. Feeling good after bench tonight. Good. We both had a good bench night, so we're, we're feeling money. This, thank this, God. This podcast, yes, thank God. This podcast is brought to you by Tito's in Orange Soda. For our boy Skip, rest in peace, Skip Skiba. Um, brings me right to the first topic. Uh, this is your first meat prep slash meat coming up without your father being a part. Yes, sir. Um, tell me how that's changed everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Um, I mean, it hasn't changed a, a whole lot because, you know, the past, you know, year and a half, of his, you know, before he passed away, he was having heart problems and, um, you know, health-related issues. So he wasn't in the gym. He wasn't as active. Yeah, stuff. as much. Um, and then, you know, just he wasn't able to – he was always handing me off benches on Fridays. So, you know, when he was in the hospital and stuff, he was not there. So kind of switched that up and then – you know, as the weights got heavier, he couldn't really, you know, hand off. So, um, you know, not, not much has changed other than just trying to get, um, that's better. Um, I guess accustomed to, you know, not having the calls and, you know, shit like that. The, extra like, eye, yeah, extra, you know, the, the trusty eye. Yeah, how, how's squat going? Or, you know, even he was down there on Friday nights for bench, but it was more just, you know, he'd hang out, hit some, you know, weights, and then, you know, talk some shit. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but he always had good uh, feedback to offer. So that's not there. And then just, you know, the whole, uh, since I started in the sport, he's he's been there for yeah, me. So. Exactly. Um, but, you know, there's, with, him not being there, you know, everybody, you know, from the gym has my back and everything. So there's, you know, not, not much has changed. It's just, you know, one less person, but a little more motivation behind, you know, what we're going to bring for September. And do you want to talk about the goals for September or are the goals really just going out there and trying to hit a PR total and going from there? Or do you have specific numbers in mind that you, or do I'll, you ta- I'll take a about? one pound that's one pound total PR. PR. That's what how, however the right fuck now. I can get it and scrap for it, I will. Some things are moving in the right direction. Some things aren't. Squats always been like my bread and butter lift. That's been in the shitter lately. Bench is going great. Deadlifts are eh, but up and down. You know we're still what is it? Seven, weeks. eight weeks out. Yeah. So we got time. Um, you know the goal is to beat twenty three. Oh nine. So, whatever I gotta do to get that, if it's twenty three ten, I don't give a fuck. All right. So what? Um, let's talk about uh first before we uh, get into the questions. Well, so, since we're talking about meats, let's talk about your meat that you got coming up. Right. You've got probably the biggest raw meat, if not the biggest meat, money meat of the in, year probably. in powerlifting history of the year, whatever it is. Um. For those that don't know, Bobby's competing at the American Pro down in Virginia, yep. July 29th? 29th. Friday, July 29th. 
Friday um, meet for some reason. I don't know. So we'll be going down there, and uh, the venue's going to be fucking sick. It's it's an actual arena where they host like UFC fights and, and uh, boxing matches. So it's going to be it's going to be cool. They got a bar set up. They got all sorts of things. So what what's your in the meet I'm doing is minuscule in comparison to this. What's your um, mindset going into it? What's your thoughts? What's your expectations? What's your well, you know, first, you know, like we've always talked about, we've always been looking for like that invite meet, you know, and this is my first one where it's kind of an invite only type thing, um, a qualified, you got to qualify for it and everything. So, um, you know, that was just to me an accomplishment in itself. And then, um, you know, seeing the roster gives you those up and down feelings. Of like, stack, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I see, you know. Uh, Rouska is going to be there and the kid Andrew House and uh, John Hack like the best of the best so sometimes I'm doing the you know yeah. should I be out there should I not be out there but you know it's crazy to think that you know you're you're a 2,000 pound guy at 242 raw and you're going to be the not not to throw shit your way but you're going to be the small fish in a big pond I know yeah. you know what I mean like well, that, that's, that's, why, that's why every meet I've been to before crazy. I was kind of like best lifter best lifter yeah. best lifter like this is the one where I could put on my best performance ever and still come in dead last fifth seventh, <laughs> seventh tenth place you know what I mean I mean there, there's but like you've told me you know when we talked about it from the very start the first thing you said to me which I think about every day is if you go out there and hit a 60 80 100 pound PR you hit 2100 or whatever can you really be upset if you don't win you know what i mean and it's like you, you can't like you know we're going out there for a pr total whether it's a, a local meet in our town or at our gym mm -hmm. or if it's in virginia and i'll just be happy to be out there with those Dude, guys any, anything i mean you talked with vinny tonight anything can happen at big meets you know people yeah. overshoot openers cut too much weight cut too much stuff. weight i mean there there's a ton of variables that go into it and sometimes people leave the door wide open for somebody that, you know, can swoop right in and take it if they're not expecting it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I want to play it. We're playing this one. This is the first one where we don't have, like, specific third attempts in mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the meat prep was up and down. It started off rocky. You know what I mean? I was coaching high school baseball, so I was not putting in the time that I needed to. But we've kicked it back into gear over the last few weeks. But, um... The last few meets we had, we had first, second, thirds picked out. And, like, mm -hmm. the last meet when we put together the 2K total, I hit every lift we expected. You know what I mean? And not that we can expect to be perfect every time, but I don't even know what the thirds are going to bring. You yeah, know I mean? I, mean it's... I, I could have 30 pounds in the tank. I could have five pounds. I might not have an attempt in the tank. You know what I mean? I mean, from, from the outside looking in three, four weeks ago, we were talking on a Friday night. About you know, possibly we're, backing out. We were at that the... point, like, yo, I don't know... I don't know what the fuck you should do. And I think, you know, we chalked it up as, all right, well, let's see how bench goes. Let's see how squat goes. And yeah, we were, you basically said, you got to turn it up this week or we got to fucking. But I mean, you're hit, you're hitting your stride now. And I, you know, commend you. That's how you want to do it. You don't want to be hitting your all your big early. lifts, you know, two months before the meet. Yeah. You want to hit them at the meet. I, I will say that as for being three weeks out, my body feels surprisingly good. With, I mean, minus a couple bumps and bruises. Usually at this point, I'm like dead and like waiting for the rest period. 
but I feel really good. And like and like we said, we just want to get some some PR totals out there, and hopefully, uh, you know, fucking get my name out there and see what happens. Now, how's it been having Vinny Desenzo in the gym on Fridays? Uh, he's for the listeners who's ever listening. Vinny is probably one of the most accomplished bench pressers ever. Um, 900 pound. Both raw and gear. Yeah, both raw and gear at a very, very high level. Uh, 900 pound equipped bench. 600 pound raw bench. Um, multiple 500 plus pound raw benches in... Numerous one, weight two, classes. Three, four, five, six, seven weight classes. You know, he's gone super heavyweights all the way down to 198. And he said he's going to make a you know, a run for a 181 also. Um, but what's it like having him, you know, kind of, you know, he had to warm up to you a little bit because I know he didn't want to, he, he felt like he was overstepping his well, yeah, that, that was, that boundaries. Was, that but. was the coolest part because, you know, when I first saw him come come in, he was, he was you know, on the quieter side, was only talking to you and the guys he already knew. So um, I didn't want to be the guy like, hey, can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? And then he came up to me after a lift and he was like, Hey, like, I don't like to give unsolicited advice, but, and I was like, Hey, that just like opened the door for me. And I was just like, no, like spew, like tell mm -hmm. me everything. You know what I mean? Come up to me every, after every lift. You know what I mean? I want to soak in as much as I can. So it's awesome to learn from him. Dude, it's good. And just to hear like, too, like he was like, yo, you're, you're a phenomenal lifter. Like, like you got to believe in yourself. And then he's just been teaching me all these little tricks along the way. And they're definitely helpful. But like, just, you know, and you've been around it too, like, to hear that people that you look up to or have uh, appreciated what they've done, yeah, for them to commend you on what you do, you know what I mean? It gives a new a new motivation and a new meaning to know you have those guys in your corner when you thought, you know, these guys didn't even see you, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, the first time I met Vinny was at your Hall of Fame induction, and he walked up to me and said, holy shit, man, I just saw your 2K total, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... I didn't know this guy knew who I was. Dude, you know pe I mean? people notice the dudes that put in the work, hustle, grind, and that's, it shows with you with the amount of people that are, you know, turning to you, looking for you for advice, coaching, programming, yeah. um, you know, everybody comes up to you in the gym now for, I mean, it's probably cause I told everybody to fuck off lately. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's coming up to you for handoffs, you know, wrapping knees and yeah, yeah. picking, my um, brain and picking your brain and stuff. And, you know, people don't seek people out that aren't pushing the envelope or that aren't, you know, good moving the game forward. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So, and I mean, you have, you know, look at how many, lifters you have now just you know in, in, in your pocket that you know you're coaching now and yeah. some of them are fucking phenomenal um i mean you're coaching that kid trey that he, he's gonna total 2000 he'll be the next 2k lifter in, in, in his sleeves he's a fucking freak yeah. um then uh hallie strong as fuck man um all the young girls that just came into the gym all strong. the chicks are, are are crushing it right now so and they're all so that that's what I wanted to talk about too. Leading up to the nine eleven meet, we have like a whole new like class of lifters coming in, like all of our like newbies at the yeah. gym. They're all coming out 
September 11th. So like, I'm I'm really excited to see what they all do. Yo, it's it, it's it's fucking dope too. How all those, you know, all the the new girls, the new bells of hell are like. I don't know how you want to say it. They're they're like taking ownership of this whole like powerlifting thing and like oh, team yeah, thing yeah. and like we do a lot of like team training. Um, they're taking it and running with it and like you oh, know they they're going out and hanging out together outside. Yeah, too. it's like, it's fucking it's, sick to see, man. It's 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 cool to see what something so small like powerlifting can bring a crew together and then empower people and create friendships it's oh i know sick. for sure amongst people that would probably never have met in any other uh, yeah. capacity you know yeah, what i mean it's dope so it's crazy to see um but yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what everybody does september 11th like we got i don't know probably 15 people from yeah. hellbent going out yep so now i'm handling about 12 so it's going to be an interesting yeah one. You're, you're going to be more beat up than i am I um now how his bobby gets programmed coached by laura phelps is yes your programming changed at all from this meet prep to last meet prep my program the way i program or how she programs how she programs you because laura's very you know she's the conjugate queen very conjugate based yeah. um a lot of raw lifters you know it's that's a huge discrepancy between stuff is oh fuck conjugate which people don't realize just because you say conjugate that doesn't mean Bands Max chains. bands, chains, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like a plate on the bar. That that's not it at all. Conjugate is just conjugate is just the way things are waved and the variations of it. You know what I mean? And, and how they wave it, and people don't understand. They think it's just all bands and chains and nothing else. Um, it's it's changed a little bit. I mean, her style her style's very. You know, she has a unique style to it. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, we talk a lot and and. But you're, a, a lot of your waves stuff of has been very, very straight bar yeah, we've, specific. We've, we've gone a lot of, not, not only straight bar, but just like waves of just volume. Rather than the bands and chains and like the, the traditional speed work, I might do a three-week wave of camber bar, a three-week wave of buffalo bar, whatever. Right. But, you know, more volume, which has always worked for me, which is what we've been mm -hmm. working on the most. Um, because, you know, speed work... Like we've talked about, we don't know if there's as much of a carryover for raw lifters as there is for right. for um, geared lifters. So the, um, I mean, the biggest change is just the volume is much heavier. You know, as my lifts go up, the percentages become yeah. obnoxious. You know, so my eighty percent now is no longer an easy eighty percent. Well, it's fine. It's you know, before your last prep, it was probably October, November. I think you had like, I don't know, like. 585 for like i don't know a five by five on squats or something yeah it was miserable and <laughs> i got pissed at you because you're like yo can you wrap my knees for this and i was like what the fuck are you yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. and i was like you're a fucking 750 pound squatter and you want wraps for a five by five <laughs> at 585 you fucking cunt <laughs> but now you know but it's funny but you, the volume is you also needed to get into your head that because when you came to the gym your max squat was like Five, 600. Yeah. 550, 500. Yeah. And, you know, that well, was. Well, I was a sleeve squatter. And, yeah. And, you know what I mean? So, so. It, it's it's crazy how much that progression is. You know, you've been with Laura for what? A, Not even a year, bro. Eh, maybe a year. About a year. About a year. Um, and how much you've progressed. I mean, I've, I've only been with you guys and competitively powerlifting for two years now. Yeah. You know, I joined Hellbent 
the first of September in 2020. So this will be two years this yeah. September. Yep. You know what I mean? So it hasn't been that long. So, you know, the progression's been great, but I had to, like, you've said it, and a couple people have said it, you know, taper myself back a little bit and pull in the reins because to expect a 100 or 150-pound PR every time I get on the platform, just it ain't, gonna it ain't happen. happening anymore, you know what And I it's mean? not, you're not going to hit those PRs every single week. No, I know. In the gym either. It's not, it's not linear. It's yeah. not, you know, there's no Well, that's what we saw this prep, you know, when, yeah. I, when the tendonitis kicked in and bench started, you know, Going from being a 500 plus bencher to struggling with 450 was a mindfuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, you know things just got got tough. And that it was the hard that was the hardest part for me to get used to is my my strongest lift. What I felt like was my strongest, most confident lift getting thrown in the in the dirt. It was like fuck. What, you know where do we go from here? It happened. So I had to man. learn how to squat. Yeah. And I had to learn how to pull better. You know. But we go from there. So, where are we going to go? Let's see. We got some Instagram questions. You want to take some of yours first, or you want to take some of mine first? Um, I'll hit you with something now, since we're kind of on the, the topic of it. What was it? Uh, hardest part of the meat prep, and the hardest part of the meat itself. Oof. So, I think the hardest part of the meat prep is, like you just said, like things not being linear. You know, one week your squat's going good or your whole prep, the squat's going good and then maybe the squat isn't there on meet day or, you know, I've heard of people having bad preps and having a great meet mm-hmm. or having a great prep and having a shitty meet or, you know, an up and down prep and an yep. up and down meet. You know, it, it's nothing's guaranteed, you know what I mean? And and your bench could go great for three weeks and then the next week it's in the shitter, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think the hardest part is just trying to stay you know, consistent, consistent and, and, um, you know, just keep thinking about the end goal and, and trying not to waver from the plan when, when things go astray or when things go, you know, opposite of where you think they're headed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, let's just say squats, for example, like when I started my Circumax, like it went great the other day, but had it gone shitty you know then we're like fuck you know do we change openers do we change second attempts what do we where do we go from here now do my benches have to go up a little bit to make up for what i'm losing in squat you know so i I, I think i think that that fucks you more than it does does help i mean even my father used to say you know if miss a lift in the gym or whatever or even out of me you have to it's short-term memory you know what i mean like it's just like a baseball or any other yeah i mean you gotta you know you're going to be pissed about it, but, you know, that shit's got to go to the back of the room, yeah. you know, fast. Otherwise, it's going to eat you alive and... Oh, for sure. You and know, I mean, that, overthink everything. That, that stuff, you know, I'm learning over time. Like, I still feel new to this. I'm still trying to learn every day. And I, 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 I still think soak a, a in what big you thing say. for you, which you still don't take into consideration, and I hammer you with it all the time, is rest and recovery. Yeah. which you saw during baseball season, mm-hmm. you know, you're out in the field for in the sun for hours and hours and hours and hours. And then you're rushing into the gym, trying to get stuff done, not getting eight hours of sleep, which I'm always guilty of. Cause yeah. I only get like four or five hours of sleep a night, but not eating properly, not, eating not recovering and, properly, not it's hydrating huge. properly. It's, it's huge. all huge. It's all huge. And while we're on that, then that brings me to this question. Well, first, how about you answer that question too? Next, the hardest part about prep and meat day. So, 
for me, li lifting weights, meat prep, that's the easy part. That's all. It's controlled environment. You know what you got to do. You have a plan that's usually mapped out. That shit's fucking easy. It's all the the outside bullshit is the hardest part of meat mm -hmm. prep. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to meat prep, whether it's, you know, I don't go any more than, than 10 weeks. Some people 12, 15 weeks, but 10 weeks, it's hard because, you know, you have activities outside of the gym that you have to do. You have family stuff. You have, you know, my mom's selling her house. I've been, you know, rushing out of the gym to go move shit. So I'm, you know, not getting as much accessory work in as um, I should be. You know, it's it's all just trying life to, shit. Yeah, that, trying to find that balance of, yeah. of, of, of treating your, your prep and your lifting as serious as you can, but also remembering there's more important shit. Exactly. And so, sometimes too. you just, you, you can't, you can't do it all. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's okay. Cause I mean, you know, for me, you, you want to be a good lifter. You want to do everything, but you know, life is way more important. Family's more important um, to me, but that's probably why, you know, I'll never be a great, great lifter. It's because I put other shit ahead of this but yeah yeah that that's but we talked about that earlier we were talking about some stuff and you know you got to live your life too you know what i mean we don't get these years back we don't but then you, you struggle with the back and forth we don't get these years back with lifting either you exactly. know what i mean so but, it's like it's like you gotta you try to just like prioritize you know what's most important at the time and go from there you know i mean it's not putting money in my pocket and exactly you know we're losing De money doing this right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Delafob's a big, you know, the big uh, proprietor on, you know, uh, big credit scores, big totals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So he, he's having somebody like that, like, you got to do good in life and you got to do good in powerlifting. You know, yeah. you don't need to be that fucking loser that's, you know. It got nothing else but powerlifting. Yeah, you, you know, have, you have a huge homeless and this, that, and the other thing, you know, Chris is the best in the world and, you know, the dude's living life, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, so absolutely, you you can do it. You know, there's absolutely. a very rare breed of people that do do it. But, um, what what was your your question that you? No, had? we were talking about you know, um, you you mentioned, you know, lack of the sleep and nutrition and recovery, and uh, someone asked, "Is the powerlifting diet in quotations powerlifting diet? Is that an oxymoron?" And I know me and you feel the same way, and we'll probably answer this the same way, but I want to hear what you have to say first on that. Just because you're powerlifting does not mean you need to be a fat fucking slob <laughs> and does not mean that you could just eat whatever the fuck you want. Powerlifting is a sport. You need to be a fucking athlete to lift. Yes. I don't 100%. give a fuck what people say. Yeah, it's, you know, you can have... You know, you don't need to be on a bodybuilding diet, but, you know, you shouldn't be eating fucking gallons of ice cream and fucking double cheeseburgers every night and walk around and, you know, being a fat fuck and just saying, like, oh, I power lift, so it's okay. Yeah. I, 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 I fucking hate it. I hate the the stigma around it. Well, yeah, that's what that's what I was going to say. So the, the stigma around it is a lot of what you see online, and I want to touch on, like, Later on, I want to touch on some social media stuff, but not yet. But if you look at the top, top power lifters, these dudes are not fat slobs. No. Even the biggest. Yo, that, that era is, look at Dan Bell. That you know era is 
come and gone. Like, back in, like, the 90s and 2000s, like, dudes were just gigantic, like, big-bellied fucking dudes. Yeah. Like, some of these dudes... But that's that before are, they, we understood the importance of proper nutrition. Correct, yeah, but, like... So, so guys some, just want to get as big as possible. Some of these top guys can step on a fucking bodybuilding stage, like... That's what I mean. Tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, John Hack, if you look at him, looks like a bodybuilder. John yeah. Hack, Larry Wheels, like... Uh, the fucking uh, Chad Penson and Ashton Rauschka, those guys. But even like a big dude like Dan Bell, who's a 400 fucking pounder. Yeah. He's not a fat fucking dude. No. He's not. You he's know a, what I mean? He's like, a gigantic. His arms human. are fucking enormous. They're muscle. Like, you know, yeah, he has a gut. But you can't find me a 400 pounder that, without a gut. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's a. But he has fucking. But abs there's, under there's there dudes too, that right? are 300 pounds, 320 pounds that have abs. Yeah. They're just 100%. gigantic. Like the. Uh, House, what's his name? Uh, Andrew House. Andrew yeah. House. Dude's fuck has traps coming out of his head. Yeah, yeah. He, he's enormous. Three hundred fucking pounds of just straight muscle. Yeah, you know what I mean. These, that so, at to perform like you said, you got to be an athlete. So with these guys that are performing at the top levels, are fucking athletes. You know what I mean? They can still move. They're fucking. They eat pretty fucking well. They take it serious. You know what I mean? Yep. What else you got? Um. Favorite powerlifting moments? Moment, moments. Get, give me your, like, top three. Um, all right, well, one's got to be the, the 2K total. Cause that was, That's number one for you. That, that was number one, easily. Um, let me think about this here. I mean, the, the, the women's pro-am this year was sick. I thought our girls did great, you know. Yeah. Um, everyone showed up, you know, Morgan and Mags did their thing on amateur day and then Denise and Jordan put on a show fucking, uh, on pro day. So that was I, just a big stage like that where it was all female and stuff. It, mm -hmm. it was really cool to see because females in the game right now are like running powerless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Leah squatted nine thirty. Yeah. Like it, it was insane. The, the whole, the whole day was insane. The girl, Amber, you know, there, there's just so many, so many good female lifters right now. So to be. Just to be out there and witness it was was pretty insane. And, you know, at Laura's gym, it was just kind of legendary shit. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I, you know, didn't think I would be a part of so soon in this game. So it, I was just happy to be there, part of that. And then um, I'm trying to think of a third. We'll go back to me in a minute. Let's let's hear some of yours. Um, I don't have one like specific moment for myself. I would say number one. Powerlifting moment for me would be when we opened Hellbent. Um, that comes in with conjunction to where it is like nowadays. Like when we opened, we had like 10 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now there's like the gym's packed like every single night now. Yeah. Um, so number one would be probably opening, um, opening the gym. Number two probably be uh jenna's first wpo when we all went out to orlando yep. um that was the the year the wpo came back and there was like every big lifter that i ever watched was at that meet yeah, yeah. um so that was sick and then you know probably you know, I've been at a few of them now. You know, Chris breaking the all-time yeah, world yeah, records yeah. is fucking yeah, sick. Yeah, I've seen that a few times, too. 
Um, I mean, we just did it recently at Hellbent with the, the single play. Yeah. So, which was I mean, insane. So, we saw him do it at Lake George with the deadlift. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that that's probably... And you got to see Hoff fucking take openers and hit 3K. Yeah, or something. that dude's just incredible. But yeah. that I get the number three moment would probably be that the meet that we had in in March after my father passed away. That that was fucking sick. Yeah. Um the meet was dope. It was packed. Um then, you know, people came out from Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida. Yeah, it was a huge meet for such a small just place. to do the meet and then, you know, we all went out to dinner after. That that was sick. That that was cool. I think what was cool too is um, you know, we had I don't remember if it was the day after that meet but when we had a little event at the gym for your father yeah, and seeing everyone that showed up and everyone brought food and everyone yeah, yeah. brought gifts and, you know, everyone chipped in and donated to your mother. It was just, just seeing how big of a community you and Jenna started and I've been able to help out and we've all just like put together and yeah. brought together, you know, like, and like you were just talking about with the new people, with the new people we have, just just seeing how this this gym and this sport is bringing so many different people from so many different yeah I think some of like walks. that like newer crew like you know like uh, Georgia Megan like those girls I think were at the gym for maybe like a couple weeks yeah yeah when that happened and they showed up at like the wake and then showed, exactly like, yeah like and I didn't know them you know I've you barely I knew them, you barely know? even knew them you know yeah, you so, just saw them at the gym here and there you know. Um, yeah, no, that that was awesome. And then even at the, you know, the wake, everybody was coming up to me because everybody at the gym was in the center of the wake yeah. with everybody had their Hellbent gear on and everybody stayed from 4 o'clock to like 8, eight o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was sick. No, there's definitely been a ton of moments. I'd have to think on it all night just to come up with the top three, you know what I mean? Um, what else do I have on here? Well, I mean, this one's biggest uh, challenge in powerlifting so far. That kind of kind of touched on that. A touched bit on here. that a little bit. Um, what what keeps you motivated? That was a good question. PRs, numbers. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we that's all we're chasing. You know what I mean? I mean, I love lifting. I love exercising in general. I loved it prior to powerlifting. I hope to love it after powerlifting. I just love competing in general. I've been an athlete my whole life. So just pushing to see how far I could take it, pushing to see how far my team can take it, my clients can take it, yeah. you know what I mean? And my clients are definitely a big motivator, you know, aside from like my family and the people that support me, you know, my clients, you know, if you think about it, not just them paying you or whatever, but just the trust that they're putting in you, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, I go there and, and, you know, hey, can you backspot me? Can you wrap my knees? These people are trusting you with a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And for them to trust me with that, um, you know, that means a lot just in its own. The, the, the amount of texts I get every day, whether it's in support of me or just the questions and the and the comments and the concerns about everyone else's meat preps and, and programming. Like, it's definitely just, you know, like you said, all the people that, that come up to us at the gym and ask for our help. Yep. That's just motivating in itself because people trust us. They believe yeah. in us. And if they didn't trust and believe in us, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be where we are. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's cool to see how I was talking to Jordan today at the gym, you know, and I was just busting her balls. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, oh, you know, I came in, I'm helping the girls out a little bit. She's like, it's so much fun. You know, it's like 
they're like little balls of clay and you, you try yeah, and mold yeah, yeah. them into like something that you want to be. And I was like, yeah, that's what you guys were like five years that's ago. You, you were the yeah, little balls Jenna, of clay. Denise, Jordan. You guys grew and now, you know, you're passing it on. And that's the whole, you know, elite FTS, you know, motto is live, learn, yeah. pass on. And that's what, you know, Dave Tate's been trying to preach to everybody for for years. So And that's something that you and also Carlos both touched on at your Hall of Fame induction speeches is you're only as good as what you're passing on to the next guy and yeah. which, what you're giving back to the sport aside from what you've done on the platform yourself. And that's, you know, if you were to ask me what, what keeps me motivated, go ahead and ask me, motherfucker. What keeps you motivated? <laughs> Fuck uh, what I did not fart. That was a chair, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, legacy. Legacy. Yeah. That That's... At the end of the day, nobody remembers numbers. Nobody's, you know, going to give a fuck about if I squatted a 1,000 total. Because in 20 years, guys are going to be squatting 1,300. Exactly. Like and, you know, you'll always have, you know, Uncle fucking Benny that benched 500 out of high school. Yeah. Nobody's going to give a fuck about that. But people will be like, oh, you know. Hellbent Barbell. Hellbent Barbell. Oh, you know, you guys do this. Oh, you know. You're from here. Yeah, you're the guy that started this. Exactly. You're the guy that so, did that. as long as you know, people say like, "Oh, you know, I was a, uh, I don't want to say a pioneer because I didn't, you know, there was way many people before me, but I've just been trying to push, make powerlifting less commercialized, mm-hmm. and trying to get those people that are in the commercial gym to come into a facility where powerlifting actually means something." Mm-hmm. And it's more than just, you know, throwing some plates on a bar, working out, and then getting the fuck out of it. Yeah, exactly. Doing whatever, so. And that's something that, uh, excuse me, you preach in the gym, you've always preached, and we all try to now, and now we've been adding it into our, you know, team Facebook page and stuff, is everyone being more apart. Yeah. Aside from going in there and doing their lifts, Mm -hmm. starting a rotation with people, lifting with people. Loading bars, spotting, learning to wrap knees, learning to give handoffs, learning how to set bands up, and yep. you know, um, and 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 that's stuff that I hope to pass down, and then they pass it down, and then they pass it down. Exactly. You know, it was cool today to see one of my clients who was fairly new teaching a newer client how to put her bands on. Yeah. You know what I mean, yep. it's just that right there it was something so small, but something that like one takes a little stress off of me and a little pressure off me because now they're helping each yeah. other. But it's just something that I passed on, that they're passing on, that then that girl can now pass it on to the next person. Yep. And it just continues, you know what I mean? Um, so we got a good one here. Our boy Marquise, he wants to know our thoughts on the upcoming generation of new athletes in the sport. He wants to know the good and the bad. So I want you to touch on the good first and we'll discuss, and then I want to touch on the bad, and then we'll discuss that as well. So powerlifting's become very mainstream so there's a a bigger genetic pool that you're getting Mm -hmm. lifters from uh back in the day it was a very niche sport that's why you're seeing numbers progressively get more and more and more and more and more Mm -hmm. once you know a thousand pound squat 20 30 years ago in multiply i'm just talking geared lifting because nobody had even done it raw yeah was unheard of. Yeah. 
you know, and then people started doing it, and then now we have a few guys doing it raw. Have a, a ton of people doing yeah. it raw now, and I think it, it it sets the the tone for people to be like, oh, that guy did it, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. And then people keep building off of that, but the powerlifting is grabbing more athletes, especially after college. Um, Once their athletic career is over, is over, and it's. There's some absolute freaks that, that come into the gym that, you know, they don't even really want to power lift. They're just lifting. And, they you know, you're like, you're like, potential. like you, well, that was kind of me at the beginning. Yeah. You know what like I mean? you, this is, I tried getting you for two years to come down to the gym. Yeah. Um, so I think the kind of off, got off topic a little bit, but the generation of power lifting right now is is fucking shitty as the whole social media bullshit is that, you know, kills a sport. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest and the best the sport's ever been. Mm-hmm. And I think in five years from now, it's going to be even better. It's Ten years from now, growing. it's going to be even better. You know, guys are squatting 1,100 pounds raw. There's Somebody's going to hit 1,200. You yeah. know, it's, it, it's going to happen. So, you know, like um, Jimmy called benching 1,300 yeah, pounds. And you're, years, ju- you know? you're just seeing, like like genetic freaks come out of the out of the woodwork like the john hacks well now we're seeing real athletes yeah now it's not just big guys with nothing else to do yep we're seeing guys that played division one football division one basketball baseball real athletes yeah join into this sport and they you know converting their athleticism into Mm -hmm. raw power and strength and you know um as far as the bad goes the bad is, like you said, the oversaturation of the sport. The um, with landmines uh, that you have to walk through for people setting up yeah, phones yeah. to record everything. Yeah. Which I, I, I think is, you know, I talk shit about it. It's a good thing to fucking have. It's a great thing to video yourself because you could go back, look at things. You'd be a fucking fool if you didn't. Mm-hmm. It's just, when people are setting, like, there's insignificant people that are putting shit out on social media that nobody gives a fuck about and and it waters making it down people yeah it's watering it down it's making people think they're significant though yeah and they're grabbing people and this goes back to the coaches we see too and the stuff yep. and the ridiculous shit we see and it's just an oversaturation because of how easy um new technology makes it you know i've talked about this prior when I was making music and stuff, um, you know, it used to be with music, let's just say, you used to have to buy studio time, go yeah. into a real studio, make all this stuff happen. It costs a lot of money. Now everybody can record right in their own house and make it sound just as good as they did in the studio. And it's, yeah. the, and it's the same thing now with, with social media, you know, with lifting. We got guys, you know... The new iPhones record fucking crystal clear, 4K. but then we we got yeah, but then we got guys bringing their Nikon's and Canon cameras into the gym, yeah, and they're slapping on two fucking plates on the bar, and they're zooming in on them dry scooping and, and putting their cross in their mouth before they bench, and people think these are like celebrities with professional videos yeah. done, and really they haven't accomplished a thing, nothing. They don't know a fucking thing. Haven't competed. They, you know <laughs> they have one competition or none under their belt. They have a fucking below subpar total yeah and but 
they see they have these crispy videos with their bullshit fucking reels of uh you know inspirational speech and all this shit yeah. and they're fucking grabbing 10 15 20 uh beginner clients that don't fucking know any better and they're taking and, money from people and yeah, they're taking advantage of them they're doing a huge disservice to those clients and bro i tell people all the time like there'll be guys that i see lifting and that have potential you know they're paying a coach and i'll be like yo just come down to the gym mm -hmm. oh how much is it don't worry about that just come down to the gym train just hop in yeah oh well what about raw you don't have to worry about that try to bobby's lifting just keep up with bobby yeah, yeah. And you'll get stronger well what's your program you don't fucking need to know no just come he's stronger than you and we're the same size same or whatever. Same size. Just hop in, hop in and, and start lifting. Up. You're yeah. going to get stronger. That's what I did with you and Chris for how fucking long. Yeah. Squatted with you guys every Sunday for a fucking year. Yeah. And it's... With a million pounds of fucking AR and shit. And you guys were out squatting me by 500 fucking pounds. But it got me fucking stronger. But people yeah. are soft. People are scared. They don't want it. They like being the big fish in the little pond. Yep. And they like the attention... And it's, it sucks too, because there's some very, very good people out there that will never do it because they don't have somebody to actually push them, you know, to their full potential. Absolutely. And, and, um, and there's just a lot of scammers in there. And then it's good. It also goes back to what you said before about, um, I just lost my train of thought. The big fish in the little pond thing, you know what I mean? Every, everyone... You know, like they say, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. It's the same yeah. with lifting. With if you're if you're the strongest one in the room, you're in the wrong yeah. room. Yeah, you can't progress like that if you're constantly just better than everyone. Yep. You need people to push you. You need people to keep you on your fucking. Dude, toes. and there's, there's there's still. You could still be that the strongest person in the room, but if you don't have a good set of eyes and ears and people around you that know what the fuck they're looking at, like. You're probably one of the stronger guys in the gym, mm. or raw, the strongest guy in the gym, but you'll still look to people that aren't as strong that have been doing it because they know what the fuck they're because doing. Because they know what they're doing. You, you know, know even... Just because I may outbench somebody, someone could be a, a, a great bencher, technically speaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Chris, Chris outtotals me by five, six hundred fucking pounds, but he, set, he sends me videos and we talk... After every Sunday, we go out, you know, for lunch. And break down the lifts. Break down the lifts, dissect stuff. He sends me videos on his bench. He's a way better fucking lifter than I am. Mm -hmm. But he trusts my knowledge in the sport and stuff, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's... And, that, and that's another thing, like, it, it, it's hard to, you know, you and I especially, we do this online and, and sometimes we get caught in the trap of, you know, these people having, you know, we talk about guys with no shitty totals and whatever. Man, fuck those people. You know, I'm not saying, like, you have to have the best total in the world to be knowledgeable. But you got to have a few things. You got to have some kind of credentials. You got to have some kind of experience. You know, not just coaching people, but on the platform yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and people are, are lacking these things. You know, someone goes and gets their, their ISSA over a week a long weekend seminar and now all of a sudden they think they could put people on the platform yep. but they've never been on a platform themselves or they've been on there once once isn't i Dude, i so, still feel so, like i haven't competed some of enough, these you know? powerlifting coaches 
whatever the fuck they want to call them, themselves, don't even know how to rap a fucking name. That's the problem. Don't even know how to rap I've had coaches I see at s- meets ask me to rap their clients' name. And I see some of the shit these guys put, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing with your bench? What the fuck are you doing here? And people are paying these guys top dollar. Mm-hmm. And I put it out there to people all the time. You could come down to the gym and do whatever program you want. And free advice all day. You get free advice free coaching, all fucking day. All day. I can't tell you. I'm down at the gym sometimes for three, four hours, not because my workouts take that long. Because I'm taking time just to help lit and that help lifters and that's that's all free. Yeah. And and that's another thing, you know, there's a difference between a coach and a programmer too. Exactly. You know, we could write programs. Anybody can program. It's you, not you know, that hard. No, we could all write programs, but can you fix somebody when they send you a bench? Can you critique it and fix it if it's wrong? It's also very easy to take a beginner lifter. And put a hundred pounds on. And put a hundred pounds on their total at their very first meet. Yeah. You could stroke their fucking dick all you want after that. Mm-hmm. Give can, me, give, give me a lifter. Take you that has a two thousand pound total. Give me somebody to put fifty pounds on your total. Exactly. It's not that easy. Not that fucking. No, you got twenty pounds on the total. You got to be knowledgeable at that point. You know what I mean? You have to have knowledge. You have to have experience. You have to be willing to try new things. It's all because lifting is a lot of trial and error too. You know what I mean? You could all, try things for, and then for six months they think it's going well, and then it's like, hey, this didn't fucking work. What What blows me away too is how far are we into this? Forty like, five minutes. I could shit on these motherfuckers all night, but you look, no, I mean, there's no cap. We could go as long as <laughs> you, we want to go. You look at how the fuck some people look at a coach that they're about to hire. And your your best sales pitch is you. Yes. Your body. That's it. Yeah. When somebody looks at you, they're like, oh, you know, he's a big, big, strong looking dude. Yeah. Some of these dudes are fucking slobs. I know. Like zero muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And there's people paying them thousands of dollars a year to say, get me in shape and get me strong. And they're not in shape how the strong. Fuck, how are you going to pay somebody that when they can't get themselves in shape or get themselves strong? That, and that's what I don't understand. And fuck? that's when people, and that goes back to social media, because people get fucking, you know, sucked in by these stupid fucking videos because people have a pro photographer come to the gym and tape them doing two plates. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, we're down at the gym, and we got seven guys benching 500 plus. Yeah. But, but we just have, I think someone just died upstairs. But we, we have, you know, just our regular iPhones recording, because we're just recording to be able to break it down later. Yeah. Post it on Instagram so we have it archived. So next, next six months when we do the same variation, you say, hey, what'd you hit last time? I scroll down, I find it, and we yep. know where we're at. And it's just... People get caught up in the wrong things. And I posted about this on Instagram recently. Um, you know, and, and you said at the beginning of the podcast, the, the the people that do the work will always be recognized the most. You know yeah. what I mean? There's people that are spending far too much time on Instagram. And you could tell by their lifts and what their, what their body looks like, mm-hmm. like you just said, that they're not actually doing the real fucking work. Yep. Dude, you know what I mean? So people need to look at who's doing the real the, fucking work. These people will be out of the game just as fast as they got in it. And mm-hmm. I've, you know, we've had the gym since 2016, started, you know, pushing the idea and building it in 2015. I started lifting in 2009. 
I can't tell you how many times I've I've seen these fucking. I'm sure they, you've they seen a million coaches come and go. They a come million and, lifters, lifters come and go, and it's you know. That's cool, dude. Like everybody has their thing, but it it the it's when people push their agenda and this and that, and you look at them from the outside, and you're like, these motherfuckers have no idea what they're doing. That's what I mean. You know, what I mean, that's why, that's what eventually brought me there. Because when I when I realized, all right, like I want to take this serious and I want to powerlift, why wouldn't I put myself in hellbent? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you put yourself around thousand pound squatters, yeah, five hundred pound benchers, yep. You know, why am I going to stay at edge when I'm the strongest bencher, squatter, and deadlifter in the gym? Yeah, and nobody else in that gym, even half of them, don't know how to deadlift. You and know, what, like I'm not going to learn from anyone there. When you think about it, Connecticut's a, a, a small state. You break it down in whatever sections you want, like north of Hartford, south of Hartford, whatever. Mm-hmm. How many true powerlifting gyms there are with talent? Um, as much as I think the USAPL sucks and it's whack, like if you're a USAPL lifter and you're not at Gleason's gym, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yep. If you're not, you know, he's got everything there you fucking need. Mm-hmm. All the combo racks, all that Up shit. north, if you're not at... Lightning. Lightning Fitness, mm-hmm. you're a fucking idiot. Matt's got... And that's not only powerlifting, that's for strongman. Everything. That's for every but, and he's building. probably got the best gym on the East Coast. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just talking logistic-wise for people driving and commuting. Mm-hmm. And then if you're south of Hartford... What other fucking gyms it's are there? Us. It's Hellbent. There's, there's no other fucking gym that compares to it. Totals, people, yeah. anything. No, I agree, hundred percent. And and there's there's, I don't know. I, we don't want to name other gyms, but it's just uh, I don't know. There's there's not enough just niche powerlifting gyms like we have. You know what I mean? No. Like, if you're looking to power lift, like you said, you're doing a disservice if you're not at one of these gyms that you name. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like you said, USAPL, Gleason's by all means. Go. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're if you're Northern Connecticut, it's Lightning Fitness. They have every fucking bar, every fucking Times piece 10. of equipment. The place is immaculate. You know what I mean? And then we are just the grittier, work your ass off, come in and get with the crew, Yeah. meet everybody, and learn how to just fucking the, lift. The difference I mean? about... The big difference that sets Hellbent apart from any other gym is... The energy. For most people, it's a business. This mm-hmm. ain't a fucking business for me. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I just want a place for people to lift weights. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If, if I don't want you there or... I've, I've flipped out on Sunday and yeah. told everybody to get the fuck out because they didn't show up on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... And that, that's the difference. Like, I don't need to bite my tongue in the gym because it's half, business for you. half the gym could fucking leave and we're still good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. For other people, it's a business. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like. It's a lifter's gym built for lifters by lifters. Well, yeah. And that's and, it. And still, even though it's a much bigger gym now, it's still that club membership mm-hmm. type vibe. You know what I mean? And we all pitch in. And that's won't. what I tell I, as soon as you know people sign up or they come in and they you know start lifting I tell everybody this is just as much your gym as it is my gym like yeah. I want people to feel like they're at home like people stop by the gym on their off nights 
to just chill. to help and chill. Yeah, you know. So and and like you said, um, out outside of not even just like Southern CT, like you said, but we got guys traveling. You know, Chris travels from New Jersey every mm-hmm. fucking Sunday. Yeah. Fucking, we got people coming from Long Island once, twice a week. Yeah. We had people come down. Where was that girl, Abby, and them from? Massachusetts? Last yeah. Sunday? Yeah, yeah, Mass. Then we got the young kids from Poughkeepsie or whatever. Yeah. That come down Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Yep. Wheeler comes from upstate New York yeah. every Sunday. You know, people are traveling to come there. That should say enough right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's a it's a vibe and, a, and an energy you don't get anywhere else. I've been, we've had more Wednesday, I mean, even Wednesday got crazy now, but Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, a lot of those days have had more energy than half of the meets I've been to. Oh, yeah. You know Yo, I mean? Even, like, I'll go down on Mondays once in a while if I don't finish up leg, leg accessories on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Mondays are fucking lit now. Like, yeah. the gym's fucking packed down yeah. there on Mondays. And the music's fucking blasting, and then the whole gym stops for one person. Like to even lift. I'll, I'll walk in after work, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going yeah. on?" The gym's packed. Even today when we walked in, yeah, Meg was squatting, and there was fucking five girls in there just screaming. Yeah, you know and that's I mean? sick. It's like, all right, fuck yeah. Like I don't yeah. like, like we that don't pumps we, me up. Right we when don't we have in. to be there to keep pushing. That's what I mean. You know what we're trying to do. So as soon as we walked in and saw that, that pumped me up right there. Yeah. I was ready to roll. You know. Um, I got more questions. Let's see. Toxic positivity. Um, so, I don't want to get into toxic positivity, I but uh, it, I guess it's kind of it kind of goes with what you were saying before, like having a good crew around you and good eyes around you. So I guess like almost being a yes man is toxic positivity. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you need people that'll call you out, and we got a good group yeah. with that too. You know what yep. I mean? You've called me out on my shit a million times. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've called you out. People have called everybody out. You know what I mean? So you can't have the wrong people in your corner just saying, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to end up bombing out that way. Um, is sumo cheating? <laughs> I'm going to say no. I <laughs> suck at, I mean, I suck at conventional and sumo, but I can't pull for shit sumo. So I, I, I can't pull sumo. So I, I used to say it was cheating, but um, at the end of the day, you know, powerlifting is about leverages and moving the bar until you lock it out so if you could find the easiest way to lock out the fucking bar yeah sumo requires less movement of the bar it's it's funny though because so if you could do it i say do it just like widening your grip and having the huge arch on bench most people say oh sumo's cheating but those people that say sumo's cheating can't pull can't pull sumo, sumo that's why i pull. used to say yeah. you know what i mean i used to hate sumo but now i realize you know it's a way more technical lift it's a way, way more, more technical, technical lift and it's just like widen, like I said, widening your grip on bench and having the big arch. It's a way to shorten your stroke and take advantage of leverages. You know what I mean? So you'd be stupid not to do it if yeah. you could. You know what I mean? If I could pull sumo, I'd be pulling sumo. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to shorten. I'm, I'm six feet tall and trying to fucking. It's all about le- powerlifting's about leverages. If you're not working to your leverages, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. you're a moron. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just had a good question coming. Uh, Colin from the gym asked, "Do you have a mental checklist before stepping up to the squat bar, or is it automatic at this point?" Very good, good question. question. Um, thank you, Colin. That was a good one, pal. Uh, I do. I do, and I don't. I have certain things 
that I absolutely work on before I pick. But once the pick is there, it's kind of zone out time and, and, and muscle memory time. You well, know what I mean? I, I tell people all, all the time, it's kind of, you know, being a, a baseball player, growing up playing baseball, I said, it's going to be different for – look at every batter before they step into the batter batter's they box. Their own routine. They all do the same shit. Nomar garcia Parra used to have the fucking the, – the, the batting crazy, gloves and the toe tag. Yeah, yeah, before every – step out, step in. And I think it's just everybody has their own mental – so to, to answer that, yes, you do have your own mental checklist before you go up to the bar. And as you get more advanced in it, it just becomes second nature like riding a bike. Yeah. So I definitely like have a few things I go over, but then I try not to think too much because then you drive yourself fucking crazy. Dave Dupree wanted to know when I'm going to slap the shit out of you with the tortilla. Yeah, he asked me that to do the tortilla <laughs> challenge. I think we're going to try to do that Sunday at the gym. But I'm going to put peanut butter on his. Um, uh, On the tortilla, your dick. Because last time you did it with... Yeah, but you liked that too. <laughs> um, someone wrote... People trying to make programs for people just because they lost some fat and gained muscle. We already kind of touched on that. You know, everyone now, you know, we got guys that, you know, lose 15 pounds and then add fitness to their name on Instagram and they think they could coach people. Um, we've, we've all touched on that already. There's a lot of clowns. Too many clowns for the game. Too many. Um, I'm out of questions here. What else you got? You got anything good? We still got time. Almost an hour into this bitch. It's past my bedtime too. You getting sleepy over there? I gotta be up in Old a couple bag. hours. Um, what do I have here? Uh, Leah actually asks us any regrets. Hmm. It's a good question. Powerlifting wise, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I have a million in my life, <laughs> but powerlifting wise, um. I think I'm just too early in the game to even understand if I have any. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you ask me two years, four years, six years down the road, I'll be like, I wish I went for this and not this and whatever. But as of right now, um, not many. Not not anything that stands out to me. Not anything significant. Um, I regret not coming to Hellbent sooner. Oh, I, I regret not taking powerlifting. I didn't like powerlifting. I, yeah, I you, were the, you were the thotty in, in the gym. I was. Doing your fucking... I was the Instagram guy in the gym. Yeah. But I was good at it. But, um, no, I don't, as far as powerlifting goes, I, I think I'm just too early in the game to even know or understand if I have regrets. But what about you? Uh, I would definitely say taking steroids too early. Um, if I could go back... I probably would have held off another couple years until I actually hit my true natural potential. Gotcha. Um, and That's I think, a good point. I think a lot of people fall into that trap. You know, you see people doing it. You see what they get out of it. Um, that's probably a big regret that I would have had. You know, probably could have waited till. You know, I was 30, and then, you know, when you get off of it, you know, when you wave, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, you come off your cycle and then you're never as strong as you were when you're on your cycle and you're never going to get there naturally. That's a mind fuck. So, yeah, so it's a, hu- it's, it's a huge mind fuck. Um, so I would say that that's definitely a big, big regret. Um, so let's, uh, that's something actually I wanted to talk about earlier this week when I was doing one, one of these podcasts just on my own is um, people being... And this goes with like the powerlifting diet question and, and you know, how you're talking the steroids is, is people being um, quick to, to jump weight classes, to jump on more gear, to do, do these things, to think they're going to get stronger rather than putting in the actual work. The work, you know yeah. I mean? um, You know, you see a couple guys, well, not a couple, there's, there's tons of guys that you go through their open powerlifting and they started at 198. And now they're a 308, yep. you know what I mean? And they're just struggled at 198, so they went to 220. Struggled yeah. at 220, went 242. Dude, the thing is, it's hard to come back down. But that's what I mean. Because then you start, you know, even if... Then you come back whatever, down, your numbers start going down. Your numbers again. Now start it's a going mind down. Fuck, yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I love and I take pride in the fact that I've stayed so far mm-hmm. in my weight class and, and keep adding and totaling in my same weight class. You know what I mean? Yep. That's something that... I want to continue to do you know i've had people try to say oh well you're taller you could be a 275 or this and that maybe down the road who the fuck knows but maybe down the road i go back to 220 you yep. know what i mean but as of right now all my goals in powerlifting, i plan to stay at 242 and beat those goals. Now, I, I think that that's a huge thing uh people do uh, on the flip side of it people you know if i'm 258 pounds right now mm-hmm. and I just started powerlifting. I signed up for my first meet. Oh, I'm going to cut down to 242. Mm-hmm. Like, or you're weak at 260 pounds. You're going to be even weaker at 242 yeah, yeah, yeah. pounds. In the grand scheme of things, it's not going to fuck. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum. You should stay at your, I think you should stay at a comfortable yeah, weight. For and I mean, gr- bit, granted, but, the, the more you lift, you're, you're going to get, bigger it doesn't mean you need to get fatter mm-hmm. um you know i i was always uh when i started lifting heavy you know 220s very light 242 i actually uh an rps me out in rhode island that we traveled out to i signed up for 242s because everybody was lifting 242 or higher that i was going out with so i signed mm-hmm. up for 242s it was on a sunday um and so I weighed in Sunday morning, and I'll never fucking forget, Gene Richlack was weighing me in. I stepped on the scale, and he was like, Mike, I've never had somebody come in underweight for a meet. So were you like 220 or something? I weighed in at 218. So I couldn't... You couldn't even make the 242. I couldn't even make 242s. And he's like, yeah. I've never fucking had this happen to me. Yeah. And so I was like, motherfucker. And he's like, you, you can't lift... Because the whole day it was 242 to, you know, super heavyweight. I was like, motherfuck. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll be back in like 45 minutes. I went back out to the car and it was wintertime. I put on, you know, my North Face jacket, Mm -hmm. went out and got uh, two, two and a half pound chips from the gym that I was in and put it in my pockets and stood back on the scale. (laughs) And he just laughed and shook his head and just ended up letting me, you know, letting me go or whatever, but. But that, I mean, that's a commendable thing for you to at least, you know, 
want to be in a certain weight class and like stay put there. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I I I always I think I've done maybe two meets at at two twenty when I was like younger, younger. Yeah, but, but you were way young. You know? It's always been two forty two or two seventy five. That's what I mean. You're never going to be a three oh eight guy. No, you know what and I mean? I've always like, been on the light end of. When you could be a two seventy five, you were like a two sixty five guy or something, right? Most of my meets, I think the heaviest I ever weighed in was like two fifty eight. Yeah. So I mean. My training weight that's just has gotten up to like two two sixty five, and then, like as I get through the meat prep, I always drop down to like two fifty eight. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. I just you know part of me, I, it goes back to the people wanting to put in the work. You know what I mean? It's much easier to just put on weight, put on fat. Yep. Mass moves mass. You put on twenty pounds to each of your lifts. If you go up thirty pounds in body weight, you yeah. know what I mean? Of course, but. It's more commendable to me to see somebody ride out at two twenty for ten years. Oh yeah, and keep totally. progressing or two two seventy five. And it's healthier, bro. Like the you know. Well, yeah, you, you find you a way that you're comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like especially for this, you like don't you wanna, said, it's not even putting money in your be, pocket. You know, 30, 40, 50 years old and and stroke out and die. I mean, we've seen guys on oxygen in between squats. You yeah, know what I mean, do you want to be that guy? I don't want to be that. Yeah, guy. I mean, look at some of the the pro bodybuilders now how big they're getting and they're they're having heart attacks at like late 40s. 20s early 30s yeah. it's fucking crazy all right i got no i'm out of questions we're at about an hour in want to wrap it up let's talk about anything you want to touch on before we get going um some shout outs to people you want to fucking explain what's going on at hellbent lately you want to talk about anything we, we we not much going on at hellbent we have your meat coming up Mm-hmm. in july or sorry backtrack before that we have uh uspa meet the week before me the 23rd week before you the 23rd is luther with luther and uh little uh julia oh she's doing it too? yeah perfect she's competing up there so be going up to that um following week fly down to va for your meet in September, we have the 9-11 tribute meet. That's a two-day, an amateur day and a pro day. That's September. Um, I don't think we have anything in October. November, WPO. Yep. And uh, December will be Worlds. And then December is Metal Militia Worlds, and we have, you know, uh, Ty Marquise is going to compete. I'll Lever, probably end up doing it. We'll probably end up doing it. Jimmy, uh, Doug. Oh, shit. So we got a crew going. Yeah. And who do we got? So 9-11, we got Aaron, Alan, Autumn, Hallie, Megan, Georgia, Georgia, Colin, you, Radar, Feff, Brian, Brian. Mags, Chris. Chris. Say Radar? Yep. I think we're missing someone. We definitely are. Fuck, what are we missing? I don't know. We have a ton. Yeah. We have a ton of people doing it. Bingy. Kayla. Yeah, Brittany. Kayla. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kayla's going to hit another all-time world record, too. Yeah. 14 years old. World record holder. Insane. Jenna's out, and uh, she just texted me. Jenna's out in Vegas right now. She's going to uh, Anthony's Living gym right now. There. Back alley. Oh, nice. Barbell. Shout out. Oh, he'll be there at 9-11, too. 9-11, yeah. That's a fellow uh, Team Overkill, Overkill guy. Yeah. 
how's it been working with, I mean, that's something you could touch base on. How's it been working with, um, Rudy? Rudy, because I, I had to fucking, you know, put some cream in the hand and jerk it pretty hard to, yeah, to yeah, convince yeah, them. Because, yeah. you know, mo mo most overkill is, is all, all oh, equipped all people. Equipped. I think there's only you and Anthony that compete. Raw, yeah. Raw. Um, no, it's been awesome. I mean, anything I've ever needed, he's, he's right there, you know. We went through a pair of wraps already, and he sent yeah. out a new pair. Um, right away, he's like, here, I'm shipping you wraps, two and a half meters, here's three meters, here's wrist wraps, 24 inch, 36 inch, here's knee sleeves, here's a singlet, here's this, yeah. that. So, he, I mean, he's been more than accommodating. Good dude, too. Um, you met him out here. Yeah, I met him at the, at the Pro-Am. You know, first we used to talk through Facebook, then he gave me his number, you know, if I need anything, he's right there. Yep. And then he's helped our team too with stuff. Yeah. you know everyone on our teams at some point has some kind of overkill equipment whether yep. it's just wraps or whatever Briefs so, or shirts yeah or... and he's you know he's one of the top dogs when it comes to just lifting equipment you yeah. know what i mean so that's I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of that too other than that we're good to go anything else i don't think so got anything outside the gym lifting I got nothing. Plans. I got nothing outside of gym wizard plans. This is all I do. I'm a Jerking off loser. and cry before you go to bed. I'm going to cry tonight <laughs> because the, the meat drugs are falling. <laughs> all right. So that's it. We're signing off. Again, that's uh, Fit and Shit Podcast here with Mike Skiba doing the thing. Got big meat preps coming on. Everybody stay tuned. Follow us at BFitCT, at MSkiba22, at Hellbent underscore Barbell. Uh, and we'll touch base again. Thank you.